So you say you know my uncle. Yeah, he's crazy though. Wait, the, you, you owe his uncle money, don't you, Mike? Uh, no, I'm, that's what I heard on the street. Time I, see no, I just heard. Yo, that. Mike, what the fuck's up, man? Give me some money, nigga. I'm <laughs> fucked up out here. <laughs> Hey everybody, it's Jeremy Piven. We're back here at Hot Boxing, and of course I'm with the great Mike Tyson, y'all. <laughs> Mike is amped up and ready to go, and we are so honored to have Saquon Barkley. Saquon in the yeah. hit out. Thank you guys. Thanks for having me. Before we get into, into your world, do you have a favorite running back of all time? Yeah. Um, Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders. Yeah, Barry Sanders. It's interesting because I'm from Chicago, so mine's Walter Payton. Woo! Sweetness. Yeah. God. You can't go wrong with that one either. No, and I have to say, you know, you're one of the great running backs. And every time I run into a great running back, I ask him the same question. No disrespect to your boy, but usually they say Walter Payton. I would say Walter is probably the greatest all-around running back. You asked me my personal favorite. I would say okay. Barry, just because Barry is special with the ball in his hand. It's very, yeah. no, it looks good. It's, it's, it's just art in motion, poetry in motion. Yeah. Um, Walter Payton is a monster. Yeah. You know, I, I was lucky. Indestructible monster. Correct, Mike. You guys, you all feel like you're cut from the same cloth. I was lucky enough to sit down with Sweetness, and I asked him, what was, who hit the hardest? And he told me that he doesn't know who, who hit the hardest, but he said one time he stiff-armed a dude, reached underneath his pads, and before he threw him off, he said he felt the dude's heart beating in his hands and threw him to the ground. And that scared the shit out of me. I got to nah, be that's honest a, with you. That's you, another level stuff right that's there. That's another level, lie. right? I never personally, I personally never experienced that. Uh, <laughs> stiff arming a guy and feeling his heartbeat. But You're 23, right? Yeah. Um, do you ever just sit in a dark room and just visualize yourself being the greatest running back since the creation of God? Uh, I, was, I would say yes, especially um, I just hurt my knee this year, tore my knee to my knee up, but I'm a big visualizer. Um, I'm a big person that believes in uh, having conversations with yourself. Um, that's something that my dad kind of taught me. Um, and No, it's, uh, no, what it's called? It's called affirmation. Affirmation. A guy named Miguel Kuwait. He's the father of affirmations. Yeah. Talking to yourself, talking things into existence. That's where it starts at. I mean, if you want to, like, for me, that's the whole goal. Like, my whole goal is to uh, be the greatest running back to ever play, and I feel like if that's not what you're doing it for, you're doing it for a wrong reason. And it starts there. You have to build that confidence in yourself, and it's those moments when you're talking to yourself and you're alone, or um, even if you're say you're working out and you're pushing yourself during that that last rep, it's that conversation with yourself. Uh, even how great you, you even right be. here in the room while you're talking, it's going to you. Exactly, yes, sir. So have have you ever been injured like that before? Or no, uh, no, um, definitely humbling, man. I mean. Uh, when something that you love and you're passionate about so much is taken away from you and you're just sitting there watching on the TV and you can't even go. Oh, no, that's pride. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's pride. Yeah. I'm talking about the, the injury. Yeah. It's just breathtaking sometimes mm-hmm. because you, you're not able to do what you normally do every day. Yeah. So it, it's been it's been tough. Um, Saquon means gift from God. I think I'm just saying that right now. Yeah. Um, I told you yeah. some warrior stuff. So you, 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 you hinted on a little bit of perspective which is almost a gift you know that gratitude of the journey you've been on because you're so young and he, I'm telling he's young and, and conscious you know how long it took me to understand that I was taught by you know masters and stuff the average guy would never even run into that you know really the average guy would never run into the consciousness 
I mean, he was heavyweight champ at 20. Yeah. The and, youngest ever, right? Right. Yeah. But I had to be it before I turned 20. I right. Had to be the, That's what I had to be the heavyweight champion subliminally, subconsciously, yeah. emotionally. If all, every iota in my body had to be that before I even was that. Yeah, because you got to visualize it. Because if you don't visualize it, it would never come come to life. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I, I, and I like... Obviously, I'm not at the level where I'm at yet, uh, where I want to reach by any means. But that's something that I, I, I study the greats. I, I look at your videos. I look at uh, Kobe, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant, uh, the Michael Jordans, and you know the the mindset, the mental part of it. And I feel like, um, especially during this uh, this injury, um, hopefully, God willing, that's going to be another thing that helps and take me and and catapults me into the direction also, I want to go. It's also the good to look at their weaknesses too. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you'll find out in some people, they're special, their weaknesses and their flaws are their biggest assets. Mm. Because they have they have a they have a tug of war with them. Sometimes the flaws win. Yeah. And the name of the game in psychology is to overcome your flaws and not to get discouraged when every now and then they win. Yeah, that's a great that's a great point. Because that's I feel like a lot of people get caught up in that. Yeah, we always see like the success. Never get discouraged. Mm. Confidence breeds success, and success yeah. breeds confidence. Yep. Confidence supplied properly will supersede a genius. There's nothing like confidence. It's like a, it's, it's almost like magic. You can't even see confidence. Yeah. Can you see it? You can't even see it in a person. It comes across as being braggadocious. But you can feel it. Oh, you can you feel. You can feel it. someone's conscience. You can feel it. You just can't convey it. It's so confidence. difficult to convey it. Even in those moments, you can feel it. Like, it's sometimes, like, going back to visualizing things, like, maybe that night before, maybe the week of going into a game, you're sitting there and you're, you're visualizing making that play. And within the play, I don't know if it's the same thing, whether you're in a fight, but within that play, say if it's a special play, it, it looks so great to everyone, but in that moment, it literally, like, it's like that. And you don't even realize blink what of you're an doing. Eye. It's like a blink of an eye. You don't realize what you're doing. And especially when you're confident. That's something that I had to go from – uh, my confidence level in high school, especially obviously I just growing up and maturing, but that's something that had to, to be honest, get instilled in from my dad. You know, I always had the talent, but um, my confidence level was so low, and I almost gave up on the on the sport of football. And um, and then my dad told me, "You quit one thing in life, you're gonna be a quitter for the rest of your life." life. And mm. probably got that from you, to be honest. But <laughs> um, but and that's something that that right there from that moment on. Um, it kind of just clicked for me, and it's still clicking. And I'm still not where I need to be. I'm still not where I want to be. But um, you know, I, I don't think it hurts to have conversations. It's your birthday, February 9th. What's that, Pisces? I'm Aquarius. Aquarius. You know, I was always told that since you said that about that um, quitting stuff, it's also told like this: be careful about the way you play your games, okay? Because by the way you play your games, be the way you live your life. Hmm. And it's true. What do you way, mean by that? The way you play football is the way you're going to live life. So you be careful how you play football because those same mistakes will be waiting for you in life. Mm. So the little things, folks on the little things, the details. Yeah. Uh, that applies in life. Applies in being a dad, the way you treat people. That's what you're saying there. Compassion. Compassion, Compassion yeah. is the major thing. Mm-hmm. What would you say the difference is? Because it's interesting as an outsider looking in to an arena like football. You see these guys who are achieving so much in college, who even win the Heisman Trophy, and they're unable to transition into the NFL. What's, what's, because you've been able to do it. Mm-hmm. 
And ultimately, people don't realize your background because you had to be the best player on every field you stepped on to even get to the NFL. Yeah. Now you're with all those dudes that are on the same level, and you've been able to exceed people's expectations. What's, what's the difference between someone like you and someone that maybe had a great college career but wasn't able to transition? Well, there's so many factors that go into that. Talent, the, the talent level is always going to be there, like you said. You know, even if you're talent in college, the talent level is not really too much different. Um, in the NFL, because uh, think about it, if you run a four three in college, like it doesn't matter. Like, you're gonna run a four three in NFL. You're gonna run a four five, four three, four four, whatever. Right. But it's just understanding the game, and it's like you got to be passionate about it. Like for me, like team success, individual uh, team success has not been uh, where we would like it to be at all. And you could find yourself um, when you lose in a game. Not saying being comfortable with it, but understanding, like, damn, like, we lost, but you got to move to the next week within college. You lose one or two games. The national championship, the playoffs, everything that you want is not, is not there for you. So I would say the biggest thing is those guys that, that do not um, come from college and succeed in the NFL. Um, like I said, there's a lot of factors. It could be injuries. It could be stuff like that. But it's how passionate you're about the game. If you're, you could be as talented as you want in college, but if you're not passionate about the game and you don't have that work ethic, there's going to be someone that's going to outwork you in the NFL. So it's the variables, your work ethic, everything you put off the field, but it's also your mindset. Yeah. Your mindset's everything. And, that, and that's something that, like, I'm, like I keep saying, I'm nowhere near where I need to be, but that's something where I, I'm trying to continue to go to. Like I said, I, I, I'm confident enough to say that I want to be the greatest running back to ever play, but I know if I want to do that, I have to have the right work ethic, have the right mindset, respect the players and running backs before me, uh, understand and watch, their, watch them and see what they did to put them in that position. Um, and, you know, not steal from them, but try to take pieces and parts of their game and uh, their lifestyle and their work ethic and add them to mine and try to create my own monster, I guess you could say. I have faith in him because he's already hit the payday, but he's still humble, still respectful, still wanting to learn and grow. So that's still something he wants. Yeah. We only get humble when we don't want anything anymore. He's still young. You know, you're so proud. Your family name is going to be put through sports history. You know, you should be proud for that. The legacy of it. Yeah, the Barclays. Mm-hmm. So you say you know my uncle. Yeah, he's crazy though. Wait, you, you owe his uncle money, don't you, Mike? No, no I'm, that's what I heard on the street. Time I, see his uncle, I just heard. Yo, that. Mike, what the fuck's up, man? Give me some money, nigga. I'm <laughs> fucked up out here. So his uncle was a bad man. Not a bad man, a badass fighter. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. three time champ. That's amazing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I boxed a little bit when I was younger, but like I never, I was like, was in love with football. But that's something I like. I love like the training. Like boxing training is like extremely hard. And that's stuff that I was doing last year. And obviously, once my knee continued to heal, I'm going to get back into it. What, like, what's wrong with meniscus? Yeah, I did. I took my ACL, my MCL, my meniscus. Oh, you got it all, yeah, huh? Yeah. Normally, there's only one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but imagine a guy like this who's training that. Now, all you're putting all that energy and effort into that. So you're that much stronger now. Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not, to be honest. That's something that, like, I'm trying to, like, because AP, obviously, if AP had, like, probably the best comeback story, uh, especially yes. at a running back after tearing his knee up, Adrian Peterson. coming back, rushed for 2,000 yards. And I was talking to his trainer, and the biggest thing that I took from it, uh, he was saying that we didn't just rehab the knee. Uh, we rehabbed the whole body. Exactly. Uh, we focused on from, from the toes all the way up to the brain, to the mind, how you're going to challenge yourself. And I feel like everything happened for a reason. I'm a big believer in that. And adversity is going to come 
uh, in everyone's life, and you know you got to welcome it and you got to accept the challenges, and uh, that's something that I'm facing right now. And I'm gonna try to use that, to, like I like I keep saying, catapult me uh, to be uh, a better player than I was. Not just as not just on the field, but leadership, um, just understanding the game, the mental part of it, all that kind of one. Do you feel even stronger because of this rehab? Just it, holistically. Yeah, I mean, it challenges you, man. It, it, it challenges you. Um, it sucks. Like I said, like, very few people come come back from shit like I know, this. I, I know. And he got all three of them. They normally don't come back from one of them. Yeah, you know, right? Yeah. And that's that's a that's a challenge. You, you hear people talk about that, and you, you know, people. There's people that's going to be out there that's going to count me out, but you can't really listen to that. Like you say, kind of going back to yourself. It's the expectations yeah. you set for yourself, the conversations that you have with yourself. Um, and I know what I'm capable of doing. I know what I'm going to be able to do. Um, but it goes and starts back with just taking it one day at a time and try to focus on getting 1% better. Um, and I'm a big believer the rest will take care of itself. But you can also take that, the people that doubt you or the haters, however you want to classify them, and use it as motivation. Yeah, you know? I agree with that. But that's, that's something that, I mean, since we're just being open and honest here, yeah. that's something I'm, I'm not doing no more. Um, I don't need other people's. Uh, energy to feed me. I love it. It starts with myself, and I think like going in my bed, going into the week that I hurt my knee. Uh, there was a lot of talk about me. There's some legends that said some negative things about me. Media was talking negative about me, and in a game, I was it was a short game, but I was so pressed. You know, I wanted to go out there and, and shut everyone up. I wasn't doing it for the love of the game. I was doing it to shut everyone up. And that was kind of like the first time where I think I honestly could say and look back at myself and say um, where I did that. I wasn't playing just as a, a little kid out there and loving the game and just trying to be great. I was going out there to make a statement and, and shut everyone up. And I guess uh, that happened. Then, so. Interesting. You got outside yourself. Yep. That's heavy. I like that. That's happens, a great- happens to us all. Mm-hmm. That's, that's called being human. Yeah. You had some some injuries back in the day. Oh man, all the time. But uh, I used to didn't care. I fought my injuries. I didn't care. I just wanted to get my hands on the guy. Right. You know, this is almost like a street fight. If you're in a street fight, a guy ain't gonna say, oh, "I'm not gonna fight you." You gotta cut. You got stitches on your eye. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Like, was the biggest challenge for you throughout your career? Like. Like, where was that moment where you think that, obviously, that confidence is inside of you, but where you kind of redirected from that and kind of lost yourself in that aspect? In many, many occasions, many occasions that had happened. And then I had to learn from that and and, uh, prevent it happening again. Because, like, you you mentioned adversity and and the only thing adversity do is make the weak weaker and the strong stronger. Mm-hmm. And I decided to be on the stronger side of that adversity. Yes, sir. I'm never going to not accomplish what I want to accomplish. You know why? Because I'm willing to die to accomplish what I want to accomplish. My life means nothing. It's, maybe it's my ego for fame and what it is, but that's the only thing that matters to me, my preeminence mm-hmm. in the future. Besides kids and family. Exactly. For me personally. Personally, yeah. And it's interesting. You get it because pro football players have an even more of a finite amount of time. Yeah. Mike and especially I talk- my position, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I was saying especially the position I play, the running right. back position. Yeah. But you got to, like, like I, like I said, the adversity. Like, when I when I hurt my knee, like, I ain't going to lie. Like, that's probably the, <laughs> the weakest moment of my life, um, especially those first two days. Like, I just... 
couldn't control myself crying. That was why me, why me, why me? And then, yeah, just like that third day just hit, and I was just like, so what, now what? That's the saying that my coach, um, Coach Burns, always tell me, so what, now what? And um, now what? It happened. So, like you said, the adversity make the weak weaker and makes us strong stronger. And it, you got to pick and choose what side you want to be on. And um, I just, I know, no matter what, uh, if I came back and say the things didn't go the way it, I don't envision it going, which I can't see that because that's the way I envision it. But I know I'm going to do everything necessary to put myself in the right position, um, the smart way and the right way to, to come back better. And if it's just not in the cards for me to do it, at least I know I can look myself in the mirror and know I put the work ethic and I did the little things, I, you know, all the, all the things that matter to try to make myself uh, become one of the best to do it. And if it don't happen, um, I know I put the work in at least. It's going to happen. Yeah. I will see it will happen. You got the right perspective. Yeah. On the right path, for sure, man. You know, I'm always sure you have to believe that um, you were, you were, you were here to, and descended from God to do this. Yeah. It's just because it's just true. You got to take advantage of it. And you're a good guy, respectable young man. A lot of good things going to happen to you. I appreciate that. I was actually watching. I think you are playing the Bears when you got injured, correct? Yep. Yep. That's right. Mm-hmm. I was watching that game, being from Chicago. Yeah, we get to go back there next year, though. So that's definitely a little motivation. Absolutely, Actually, a little motivation. Is there anybody out there in the field that you're scared of when they're coming at you? No, no. There you go. I hear that. I mean, it may sound cocky or whatever, but like I have that mindset when I'm on the field that I'm the best on the field, um, that no one can touch me, um, and that's the things that I feel like has made me. Um, even if I'm having a bit, like there's days like this, you're going to have your bad games. There's going to be days that you, you don't, uh, the game don't go your way, um, especially with, with football. Football is such a teen sport. That's why it's my favorite sport. I mean, I love sports all around, but um, I think it's the biggest teen sport of all time. Um, no matter how much talent that you have, especially the position I play, you can be blessed with all the talent you want in the world. But it, on a run play, it takes five offensive linemen, a tight end, and wide receivers to all be on the same page, and you be on the same page for that run play to work and be. And if you do that part of the game good, a crappy quarterback could fit the running back could go through. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So um, that's why my mind says, I guess like a lot of people say, I'm a I'm a home run hitter. Um, it's either all or nothing for me, um, which is something that I I, I I can agree, and you know you can. Uh, you gotta learn and then learn when to take the little things and take the runs. But um, I'm I'm a believer that no matter where we are, whether we're on the one yard line or the opposite one yard line, um, when the ball is my hand, that I'm a threat to take it to the house and score a touchdown. So well, I know you're 22 years old. So what are you planning? What what idea are you planning on doing after this is over? Uh, stuff like this. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Michael Strahan. Uh, you know Michael Strahan. Yeah. Um, obviously a Giants legend, hell of a player. I think even if you ask him, you know, he's probably more successful um, outside of football. And uh, I love sports. I love conversations. I love talking to people. Like this conversation, I don't like. I'm not trying to be a fan fan person right here, but like, this conversation means a lot to me. Like people who could challenge your mind and just open up and have dialogue about things. And um, I love doing that. So. You, especially when it comes to football, I can't play football forever, but I can talk about it for a very long time. So uh, I would love to be uh, on TV and talking about sports, like an analyst or a broadcaster. Um, that's the career side of it. But Gail Sears was a little bit like Barry. Yeah, but before yeah, before him, Gail Sears, was, he just passed away this year too. Yeah, actually. I uh, met well, him not a couple of times. Yeah. God rest his soul. Mm-hmm. 
it's funny because Strahan did a, a I was on a show called Entourage mm-hmm. and that's how I met Mike and that's how I met Strahan mm-hmm. and I remember meeting Mike and just thinking he's so charismatic and I you know not to be the guy that's playing Monday morning quarterback saying that I called it but I talked to him and I said you've got a real future like like Mike in front yeah. of the camera because these guys are so charismatic yeah and it just you know their path is they're going to do their thing but also having someone who's already in that arena saying I, I see you and I recognize you and you're going to be great it just helps it helps the whole journey it yeah. makes you feel I'm in the right place absolutely Absolutely, and you're really humble, and you're so successful, and it's a great combination. So where you at, New York? Nah, so I was uh, I was born in New York. I was born in the Bronx, uh-huh. um, but my parents felt it would be better for me and my family if we moved out. So like when I was like five, six years old, um, my parents moved me and my siblings to Pennsylvania. Um, Smart, and, right? Yeah, and that's when I kind of. I guess PA's home. So I'm from New York. Uh, I got the New York you know how ties. Is PA. Somebody from New York to move somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they. My, that's why I said it was a sacrifice that my parents made. You know, they gave up a lot, left a lot of their family um, in New York, and uh, made a sacrifice for their kids. And um, you know, so far as I, off I ran, hit you up for money. Uh, no. 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 I actually. Um. I did a. I did a book bag giveaway. It was the last time I seen them. Uh. In the summer. I think it was the last year or this year, this summer. Um, and that was the last time I, I saw him. Um, but, you know, he, he's, he's been awesome to me. Um, lucky to have um, him in my corner. Um, I feel like, obviously, you know, he has a successful boxing career. But the things I learned the most is, um, you know, the, the, his his downfalls in life. And that's something that um, growing up I was always, you know, so kind of conscious back. of. Yeah, like conscious of like people mistakes. Like you can learn a lot from the positivity and things that people do. You can learn what not to do, and you can learn what not to do. So um, that's something that I would say, being growing up and knowing of, of my uncle and and knowing the mistakes that my father's made and and so on, so on. People, in my family, um, I'll be a fool uh, to make the same damn mistake. So uh, try to learn from them and teach those on to my kids and so on, so on. It's great that you had that. Because as they say, there's no playbook yeah. for fame. You know, walking through it. I mean, I, I can't even imagine what it was like for you, Mike, back in the day because there was no social media. I'm a street guy from Brooklyn, right? Mm. And I, it was cool, but once it got like when I couldn't walk, say, hey, Mike, Mike, I used to boom, I used to hit him, hit the fan. <laughs> boom, get the fuck away from me, motherfucker. Because you know, it got too much. Yeah. I couldn't, they don't know if my mother died, they don't know if my. Yeah. They don't know if I broke up with my girlfriend and they're running in my face. And that's crazy. But that's what's great for you is you could talk to your uncle. Yeah, you break this shit. Yeah. Not just, I, mean, like, I have a great, a great family. You know, I'm blessed to have uh, two parents that are alive and, and still together. Um, a lot of people's not blessed with that. And, uh, you know, I've been very fortunate. So, you know, I'm, I'm blessed in that area. Um, to, to learn from the positive things that my parents and my families have done um, and learn from negative things and uh, try my best, you know. I'm human. Everyone's going to make mistakes, um, but try my best not to make those same mistakes. And um, like I said, um, I have a daughter and hopefully future How kids. Old is she? Two years old. Awesome. Yeah, two years old. Um, terrible twos is a, is, a, is a real thing. Beautiful. Yeah, to say the it's least. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like I said, so I'm, I'm very blessed, very blessed. Do you meditate? No, that's something that uh, my dad my dad does, um, and you know he, he's talked to me about it. But like I I don't know like what do you what do you count as meditate? Like 
I don't sit in my room with my legs crossed and like hmm. or meditate. Like sometimes, like I think if you're having a conversation with yourself and uh, just bringing those positive thoughts to yourself, um, it's, it's, it's the same thing, right? It's just subconsciously visualizing. Yeah, you know what I mean. You're focusing on that's that issue with every order and your 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 molecules and everything. Yeah, you meditate. I'm assuming. Yeah, I, okay. I, I I pretty much die. And I'm meditating stuff. I'm like I said, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, like a borderline shaman. I use plant and animal medicine. I won't say I've been enlightened, but I said um, I've had I had um, divine divine feelings. Yeah. Well, I've I've, I've never like experienced or took it to that level, but I mean that's something that uh, I know some players who do it too. Me, I, I, like I'm always trying to find any, any way uh, to gain an advantage on your opponents and. Um, to try to, like I said, to try to bring the best out of you, and uh, I talked to my dad about that, and that's something that I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm not willing to try. You know what I mean? It's interesting your reference for meditation. You said, you know, sitting cross-legged and crystals and stuff like that, because it's things that we don't really know about are intimidating, you know. And it's just you ask what meditation is. It's just. You know, it doesn't have to be intimidating. It's just taking 15 minutes every morning and quieting your thoughts yeah. and focusing on your breath. And you could do all those things because you were such, I mean, the discipline you've had to have to get to the point that you're at, just to sit and be present with yourself. And then you're just working on a higher vibration. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to peddle a, a meditation not, on anyone. Yeah. I'm just saying it works. You know, I, if I didn't do it, I'd probably be in trouble. Well, I was told this. I was told silence was God's language. So that's why we meditate. Yeah, it's beautiful. That's deep. And it's it's a little intimidating, but once you do it, and you don't beat yourself up because you're going to have those thoughts, and you just let them pass, and you're silent, and then you just go to another level. And by the way, there has to be something to it. It's been around for thousands of years, and we're still talking about it. Mm -hmm. There must be something to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And everybody believes it. Yeah. You know? The ones that are uh, um, aware of it. Support for this podcast comes from Pluto TV. Need an escape? Drop into Pluto TV for a world of free TV. Stream hundreds of channels and thousands of movies and shows all for free. Yeah, free. No subscriptions, no fees. Imagine 24-7 channels of Narcos, CSI, Star Trek, Survivor, and everything else from hit movies to binge-worthy TV shows, the latest news, live sports, comedy, and more. What are you waiting for? Download the free Pluto TV app for Android, iPhone, Roku, and Fire TV and start streaming now. Pluto TV. Drop in. Watch free. The meditating thing is something I got to The meditation sometimes make you think, what do you think you're really doing here? Do you think you navigated your life by working hard? You navigated your life to become this guy? Do you think that? Or do you think it's something more powerful that's bigger than you that directed you in this position? Hmm. But see, I like... I don't meditate, but I I, I kind of already view that. Like I, I'm I'm a big believer in a higher being, and um, that's why like I feel like God's put me in a position, with, blessed me with a talent um, that He blessed you with a bloodline. What do you mean by that? Having having um, very athletic people in your family before you. Um, I would say maybe, but like I think the move from New York to Pennsylvania. Um, kind of like I'm always, I guess you could say besides my uncle uh, I would say we have a lot of athletes a lot of people yeah. who box but like football is not like really that uh, 
well-known in New York, uh, which I would love to try to definitely expand on and make it well-known. But I feel like, yes, I, I, I can confidently say I feel like I was blessed with a, a, a talent um, that put me in a position that have, may have brought some spotlight and attention to me, and I feel like it's what you do with that. Um, what do you feel you should do with that? It's the impact. In I the think that's world, what would you do with that? It's impact. Um, I know we're not in a perfect world, but that's what I'm trying to do. Like I said, I know I'm gonna make mistakes, but especially like I think my fan base and a lot of people that follow me are kids, and a lot of kids look up to me, um, and I've, I've I've taken notice of that. So that's why you know I, I try to do things in the right way. But I also say like I was I would say all the time I'm human. So the mistakes I I make in life. Um, be open and honest about that too because kids can learn from that too so you may not have uh an impact on hundred thousand of people it may be only 15 and 20 but if i can honestly confidently say that i've made an impact by just the way how i approach the game how i approach life or how i treat others and i could say i changed a couple people's life um then i could say when it's all said and done i i did something positive towards this world you know what i mean i understand Mm. Yeah, because think about it—the way Mike's impacting you right now, right? Yeah, I did. With him. Now this is a big deal to me. I ain't gonna lie. I'm not trying because this camera's on, so I'm trying no, to like each other. But this is a big wrong deal. With being honest. Yeah. Um, think of—you have that impact on on these kids that are following you. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Just what you're feeling right now, and that's heavy. That's beautiful. You know, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Mm. Don't take that for granted. No, you're a leader. Nothing comes easy with being a leader. No. No. What's that Spider-Man quote? Like at the end of the first Spider-Man, oh, with great, with great power comes great responsibility. Exactly, something, something like that. Exactly. So, like, like you said, like you, you know, uh, that there's all eyes on you, especially being in New York. Um, you know, I love New York, but uh, being a, a, a well-known athlete in New York, you know that they're just waiting uh, for you for you to make that mistake. And like I said, there's going to be something. I'm human. There's going to be something. I don't think I've really made a crazy mistake yet, but there's going to be something. In it. And when I do make that mistake, be open, honest um, about it. Um, and when I'm asked about it, like those, like I said, those lessons and the mistakes that you make in life can also have just as much, maybe even more of an impact on the positive things that you do Absolutely. in your life. You know what I mean? It could be a gift. Because of your rehab, do you feel like you're – training in a weird way more than ever and there are almost no downtime um, preparing no nah, it's more like it, it's like a start all over like i had to like i had to train myself how to walk again I'm still i'm still doing that like it like obviously like just getting the extension in the leg like your your full extension while you're walking and um just doing that and then like i'm known for like having big legs i guess you can say and then like you like you lose a lot of muscle, so now I'm getting my muscle back. Um, and then you, you focus on stuff that you probably didn't focus on before. Uh, I'm a very powerful guy, uh, especially like when it comes to like the weight room. Um, I've, that's something I've been known for. Much so bench, been baby. Uh, max bench, I think it's 455 or 465. how? Uh, it's strong, motherfucker, too. Yeah, uh, but like in the weight room, I've always been been strong but now i'm focusing on little things so tell me more about you man you have friends what do you do in your yeah, playtime i'm i am a passionate guy uh i love i'm a loving guy i love family i love my family I love my friends i'm about like if i'm if i'm about you i'm about you like i'm ride or die um and i have like people like people around me that 
are people that not that I only could trust, but also challenge me. Like, I don't got like yes men around me. And I know some, uh, like some people might have that, but like me personally, like I got people that if I'm in the wrong, or if I'm doing something wrong, whether it's from my family to my close friends, um, to teammates uh, who look in my eye and say, say, get your shit straight. Give it to you straight. Yeah. Do you, do you have people that weren't in your crew before you had money? No, I wouldn't really say so. I mean, cause all like, it kind of all came in like whether it's through high school or whether it's in college. Um, I would say the some I've added some like your teammates, um, mm-hmm. whether it's the, like a, a Sterling Shepard or um, uh, uh, Daniel Jones and those guys, or Evan yeah. Ingram, those guys. Like I guess you could say we're I wasn't friends with them until I've got money because I was in the NFL, um, but not really. I, I, I keep good. my I keep my circle small. Um, and just like I said, keep people around me that not only are like great people, but they also challenge you too. If you're you're wrong, they're gonna let you know you're wrong. If you're I right, love it. They're gonna let you know you're right. I love it because Mike is Mike has been through it. He's seen it. Mm-hmm. Lived you gotta it. keep one yes man with you. God damn. Nah, that's nah. not that's not it for me. Man. I had one guy say, "Man, nah. yeah, man, do this, man." I mean, like, so, like <laughs> man, I, have, do this. I have like I have people like I guess you could say my management company that that work within my management company, but. And like, will they do stuff for me? Like, yes, but it's never like in a a form of like a disrespect, like of me like trying to abuse that power. No, it's all like mutual respect. Like I said, like there's some of my close friends I knew since I was in high school and growing up. So you don't want those people around you, man. You know what I mean? Sometimes when you have people working for you, they take the position a little too serious, and we can't have fun. You know, when we take every time when we take ourselves serious. We can't have fun, but when we laugh at ourselves, we always have fun. There you go. No. It's, I mean, it's easier said than done to not take things personally, but it's heavy once you embrace it. Oh, yeah. It's laugh is a joke, baby. It's a joke. It's one of the things that I've lo- one of the many things I've learned from Mike is how, you know, there have been people in his past that have taken mm-hmm. advantage of him, and he doesn't hold a grudge, lives mm-hmm. in forgiveness. Ooh. I don't know about that. I mean, I'm not really Oh, like, yeah, listen. Yeah, I'm not listen, like... You're not ready, brother. I'm you, not like... If you, you, you do me wrong... No. You cross the line, like, I cut ties, like... The devil wins. Quick. The devil wins. So you're saying the devil wins because someone did me wrong, and I cut ties with that person. I act like I never met that person. Yeah, because, So I got to be the bigger person. Because he changed you. Oh, okay. So he's your master because he controls your emotions. He's not your enemy. He's your master. Because you're not who you used to be now. He stole that away from you. Mm. What are you allowed him to? He can't do it if you don't allow him to. That's hard, though, man. That's Once you learn, yeah, you think you're great now, watch how great you're going to be when you learn compassion and empathy. Oh, yeah. Well, listen, when I was you, I wanted to be a savage. I was a savage. There's no doubt about it. I want everybody to be afraid of me. Now I want everybody to love me. Isn't that a trip? Mm-hmm. You let you know you're not gonna be 22 for long. Life go back a flick of an eye. You know you might be a minister. You never know. You know life life changes us. We're born and then something happens, and then we meet God. Life is just a flicker. Okay. And I think because of his energy, because he has so much compassion and forgiveness. 
people are drawn to him and he still can't figure it out. But I think yeah. those are some of the variables because mm-hmm. a guy that could be that tough and that ruthless and we've watched, he's been in our living rooms. We've seen him do these things and yet he doesn't hold grudges. I know that. I mean, that's like, I got hats off. Like, I mean, like I said, he keeps saying I'm, I'm 23, 20, 23 years old. Yeah, you gotta see him. And I, I got ways to go. Me personally right now, like now I like, I'm I'm a person that always try to take advice and listen and learn. Like I'm, I never looked at it, that that aspect that you doing that the devil wins. Um, so that's a that's a whole different different outlook of what I've had on it before. But me person before, I think I'll probably think about it differently. And I'm just like I don't know. I feel like I'm a guy that a loving guy and like once I give you that trust and like once I allow you in my life like that mm-hmm. and like for you to turn your back and do something shicey to me, like. I, I can I can confidently say right now I'm not at that point as a man. It happened to all the prophets. It happened to all the gods. Yeah. We're not bigger there. than them. Mm-hmm. But they're bigger than us, and they can forgive and show passion. And we're supposedly following them. They're, they're our prophets. We should have their compassion. But I, I mean, like, it's some things in this world that, like, some people can do to you and that, like, you just, like... And you can still forgive them. There's nothing in the world someone can do to you that you can't forgive them. You don't got to fuck with them. You don't got to hang out with them. That would be cool, too. But you don't got to do that shit. But to clear your soul, you have to forgive them because you're having all that tense energy towards towards them that is, you're doing all the energy. You're creating it. So if you cut that down, you have a better long-living status of life than you would if just focusing all that energy up on this negative guy who you believe did you wrong, which he did. And if you have compassion... I can't, I can't forgive the person but still cut him off? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, in my heart... So you're saying, like, within your you heart... forgive him, but you just cut him off. Yeah. Yeah. So you're saying, like, within your heart. Like, you don't have to, like, feed into that negativity. No, you don't have to think, oh, I, I want to yeah. kill that motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If nobody's around, I would kill him. No, leave him alone. That's too much stress on you. Because if you hold on to that... That's like you taking poison and hoping they die. Yeah, and plus he wins because you got to take that energy since you're not fucking with him or to fuck with who you're closest to, your woman, your boys, your kids. Don't let these guys give you that, take that much power away from you. Don't let them use you or own you. Otherwise, you're just acting out of revenge all the time. Absolutely. And when you're looking for revenge, you always make a fool out of yourself. You're not thinking with for brains. Yeah. Well... I haven't really so far in my life I can confess I can say I haven't been in that situation but hopefully it doesn't happen but like I said like life is life and when that does happen I mean that's that's the way I think that's the more man thing to do the more like not man things not the right thing to say especially in today's today's world but like the 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 right way to do it the don't keep that negativity in your heart so like, it's like being the overman the underman there's this German guy named Frederick Nietzsche, and he talked about being the overman. The overman takes everybody's garbage. He eats everybody's crap, mm-hmm. and he doesn't do nothing. And that makes him better than everybody that do crap at him because he took it and he didn't do nothing. And that's why the overman became so synonymous with God. Right? Mm-hmm. Nietzsche. You you really didn't think we would be talking about Nietzsche here, did you? No, no. We thought you thought we'd be talking about yards per carry. Nah, I, I knew I knew it was I was not concerned, but I kept asking. I was like, 
What is? I have no idea what we're gonna go and talk about. <laughs> like, I was very like, you said, "What kind of show is yeah, this?" I was like, "This, this is, is a weed be, show." Yeah, at first I'm like, oh, "Well, okay, it's the hot box, the hot boxing." Yeah. So obviously, you mean it's 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 an honor to be talking to you guys. But I had no idea where we were going to, the direction where we were going to. But I mean, so far in this conversation, I feel like learn a lot by myself and the people who are watching got to see a different side of me I guess so too you think you ever up. lived before huh you think you ever lived before another century or anything oh think it's possible mm. do I think I've ever lived before no you think you will after you die do I believe in life after death I do I do I, I, I mean that's I think that's where faith comes in having faith in a higher being now, religiously, I'm not too really big into religion yet. That's something I feel like I can still um, get into. But I think it starts with having faith in God right now. Um, but do I believe in life after death? Yes. But I'm not like too like I'm not too when you're an angel, you're a demon. Like I mean, I'm, I have my father. Like, I should have. I wish my father was here right now. Like this would be a whole like you two like these. My father and him in a room together in a conversation would be literally. Like must watch TV, but um, <laughs> you can't be an angel unless we're an angel. So, like, so my like, I think like your like you, your energy, like your soul lives on after. But like, is there like the? Am I like okay? You go to that, you go to the gates of heaven, or you go to hell? I'm not too sure about that right now. But I do believe that there's a life and death, and I do believe that the way you live your life on this earth. Does have a playing part into how you spend your afterlife, but like to say, like like all that, I don't, I'm, I'm not too sure into that right, into that right now. Do you know who you were in another life, Mike? I have no idea, no idea. So like, is I like deja vu, and would that be like something like there's some stuff like you're like. Like you feel some stuff, you're like, why, why do I feel it before? So I, like, I guess, but like, I, don't, I don't, I've never thought about it like that. Like, like, I'm, like me and my boys and and people have like these conversations all the time and just dialogues about anything. But like, I, I would say, like, do I believe I was someone before yeah. this? That's a hard. That's that's like, I can't say yes, but I, like I, I know I just said no, but I can't say yes and I can't say no, because like I, I truly don't know, but. I don't. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. But I do believe in life after. I mean, think about it. When you're around certain people, you feel more comfortable than others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You. We all have gifts that we are. We take to faster than others. Mm-hmm. That's unexplainable. Yeah. We only use ten percent of our brain, so <laughs> they say it's hard to. Yeah. So like, so you could like make the argument that like, like this. Like I talked to my dad about this the other day. Like this is just a like the host. Exactly. So you believe like your soul and like your energy like carries on and carries on and carries on. So that's like I guess you could say the same thing of like agreeing with what I said that I believe in life after death because that would be a different type of life after death. Like it may not be like to heaven or to hell, but like if your soul continues to carry on, carry on, like you're still living after this this body. Absolutely. People that have near-death experience, they talk about their spirit, and the spirit continues on. My little French bulldog died in my arms recently, and I hope his spirit carries on. I always think, I always think um, people that die turn into animals. 
Is that uh, what I would think that? my dog is one of my friends. Absolutely. Without a doubt. I believe that, that yeah, too. That's what I think. The way they look at you. They're saying, Mike, what the fuck motherfucker is mean? You felt that. You got kids? I do have a kid. I have a daughter. Jada uh-huh. Claire. Yeah. Yeah, cool. How old is she, too? Right? Two years old. Turns three in April. She was uh, April too, huh? No, February. February. I got drafted April 26th, and she was born April 24th. Wow. And so, like, two days before I got drafted. So I got to, like, experience two of my dreams. Like, I got to become a father, and then two days later I got to go into the NFL and, and start that start that path off, too. That's heavy. Your family said, go ahead, baby, go ahead, baby, go. Yeah, go. it was fun. Go, baby, yeah. go. <laughs> it was fun. I had my, like, that was, that was probably um, that week for me getting drafted was amazing because, like I said, two days prior, I got to see the, the birth of my daughter, and then I was able to actually still travel to Dallas, Texas, and have my family, have my loved ones there, and, um, you know, all the hard work that I put in just to get to that moment um, and have the people with me. Oh man, can I get water, please? <laughs> what contact you getting, nigga? Uh. <laughs> what money they giving you, these white people? Uh-oh. <laughs> um, I'm not even focused on that right now, to be honest. Like, yeah. it's it's so obviously, I want to play for the Giants as long as I can. Um, hopefully, be a Giant for the rest of my life. Uh, but right now, the, I, I feel like the best thing I do for not only myself but for my team is just focus on uh, getting this knee right and preparing myself to get ready for the season, whenever I'm able to come back and play. Shit, they offer you a lot of money, man, Barkley. They offer you that grizzly. You only could do this shit once. Now you fuck around, get your back fucked up. You can't get the grizzly. Yeah, yeah but, but you you've can't. Had your, you've had your back fucked up. You played right through. You worked through it. It's not. Yeah. It's, that's not a career-ending situation. Get the grizzly. Yeah. Get I the mean, grizzly. I, I feel like that. I feel like I'm a big believer. Everything's gonna take care of itself. So if I have the right work ethic, the right mindset, and try to do the little things right, everything's gonna take care of itself. There you go. And that's the best way I can answer that. I'm one of those difficult contact guys. Before you gave me my care, you got to buy my mother a house. You got to get this. You got to buy me some dope. Then you give me my contract. Mm-hmm. You're a good guy, huh? Yeah. How about my mom? Yeah, that was uh, before I actually, before I got drafted, I was able to buy my mom a house. Um, I would say my mom, like, I don't know why I would say that. My mom and my dad a house. Um, but they, like I said, my parents done so much for me that, uh, and I know the sacrifices, and obviously we didn't grow up with, with a lot, um, but we always made what made right what we had, and um, you know God put me in a position to have a little money in my life, so uh, to be able to buy my mom a house and probably one of my biggest accomplishments. This if is not a nice kid, kid. Is it, you, he's an angel, he's a sweet kid. You can feel it, right? Yeah, Mike can see these things too. Because if he didn't believe it, he would tell you. Yeah, I, I believe listen, me. I listen to Karen, Karen Carpenter. I'm very he's sensitive. sensitive. Mm-hmm. Mike is very sensitive. I appreciate that. He's a mama's boy. Love I, mama, huh? I am too. I, I can feel you, man. The mama's boys. Yeah. <laughs> As we wind down, anything that you wanted to ask the champ? Anything you want to ask Jeremy? Yeah. I don't know if he has a reference for me. He definitely has a reference for you, Mike. You've seen his ass on Entourage, right? Uh, He's I've a little actually, young. I've actually never watched Entourage. There you go. To be honest. Mike, I've got moisturizer on that's older than he is. Okay. A 23-year-old nigga, man. He's young. 
I would say, all right, for both of you guys, like, when did, like, in your careers, like, when did, like, it click for you guys? Like, not like, like, not like when, like, you may have became the heavyweight champ at 20, or you may have reached a part of your career at a certain age, but when did it click and you're like, all right, I'm the greatest of all time? 15. 15. 15. What happened at 15 that let you know that? I won the Nationals twice. I knocked everybody out. And then I fought some, um, they call club match, where you fight anybody any age. And I knocked everybody out in that tournament. And so I, thought, I beat the world junior champion, knocked him out. So I thought I was the man. You were about 100, 190 pounds at 15? Yeah. Okay. And, and you were even earlier lying about your age to fight older, older guys. Older guys, yeah. Interesting. That's heavy. I wish my story was that interesting. <laughs> um, listen, here's the reality of my, my story is I'm a little bit different. On paper, I won the fresh face of the year <laughs> at 37 years old. And when I accepted my award, I said, there's nothing fresh about my face, but thank you. So on paper, I was a late bloomer. Mike was an early bloomer, youngest heavyweight champ. But for me, I just had to stick it out because I knew it was going to happen. It was just a question of when. And we started seeing him in movies and stuff. I saw him in bad things. Very, very bad, bad things. things. Oh. I thought that was awesome. Ooh, that was twisted. It was beautiful. Very twisted. It was an exploration of bad karma. And it was very, you very... Remember how, guess how many times guys went out together, went to Vegas, and some really weird stuff happened. You know, they may, they may have got a, a, a stripper that wanted to do them all, and all of a sudden she's doing too many pills, and she just passed out. Boom, you think she's dead. It was a very dark, twisted movie. Yeah. Yeah. Realistic, though. I mean, I, I come from an acting family mm. and a theater family. So, you know, Mike was asking, you know, what things that you're proud of. Like with me, being from Chicago, we had a program called Off the Street Club, and we took kids from the south side of Chicago. Everyone's on scholarship. We bring them in, and we teach them improv, scene study. And so we're giving people all on scholarship a chance to see what it's like to be an actor. Yeah. You know, when they never, they thought, well, okay, I love Denzel, but I could never do that myself. And so it's a chance to, for people to actually touch it and have a reference for it. You know, like what you guys were talking about earlier, this, you're having a, a moment with Mike and then you're going to have that with kids. And I was lucky enough to, to touch people in the theater growing up like that. Right. Since I'm on the top of the kid, like, so another question for you two, what would be the best advice you would give to a young kid or you know a teenager that's coming up in their profession, whatever their profession may be, whether they want to be a boxer, a football player, actor, um, a scientist. Like, what would be the best advice that you can give that kid? It's a great question. I think to, to realize that you're enough. Sometimes mm-hmm. the people don't realize that they're enough. When we would go up on stage and we'd be asked to improvise, you know, if you're nervous and you doubt yourself, or you're listening and you're a slave to your fears and doubts and thoughts you're going to be a lesser version of yourself you know so never make yourself small you own the space that you occupy and you're enough and the two-year-old and stuff and your mother your whole mission should be to make them happy and make them have what they never had before in their life that would be your mission you have everything else you got the skills you got the platform now you got to be an entrepreneur and take care of your family and teach them how to take care of their family. You know, and you could break the cycle or right. whatever it was that wasn't good to your family, drugs or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's all really about. You know, 
put our ego aside. I'm the best in the world. I'm the best in the world in order to do this for my family, my friends, the people that I love. That's all what this shit is about. No ego, I'm the best. You know, we got to deal with that, too. Yeah. We got to, you know, gift, gift ourselves. But, you know, it's all about taking care of people, all this stuff we got. Mm. Helping people. They can't help themselves. Exactly. Wow. Thank you, Saquon Barkley, for joining us. Thank you. Today, man. It was beautiful. Some, some deep, deep, deep stuff here. It was fun, though. Thank you. Learn a lot. What are you going to do right now when you leave? What are you going to do? <sighs> Work out. Oh, and they got rehab. Yeah. It's all about working out, man. Walter Payton just worked out 26 hours a day. He is all day Walter Payton worked out all day. He used to run this hill by my house. No, the dirt hill, right? I, I lived down the street from there, man. The mic, this is what I do right here. Boom, that dirty, ugly hill. Yep. Just one of my sprinted up that bad boy. He was old school. He would just take weights in his hands and get on that trampoline stuff that we had kind of never seen before. You know, he was about listed at five ten. He really was about five five nine, but playing like that, running through people. That's you, my man. Whole, Good whole, luck. I appreciate whole family. Great athlete. I'm a Chicago Bears fan, but now I have to give it up to the Jill New York Giants. Where they had Lawrence Taylor. Also, when you get your new contract, I want to borrow some money. <laughs> We'll talk. We'll talk. We'll talk. Interesting. We'll the interest. <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Hi, this is Daniel Roof, the Real GM Radio Podcast, and I want to take a minute to talk about DeAndre Ayton, the number one pick of the 2018 draft. Definitely has not gotten the attention of high-profile lottery picks Luka Doncic and Trey Young during the early going, but he has been excellent and a key part of the Phoenix Suns being on the precipice of the NBA Finals. Ayton is presenting a matchup nightmare for the LA Clippers that Rudy Gobert simply was not. Gobert is a wonderful player, deserving Defensive Player of the Year, but Ayton puts more pressure on opposing defenses. He's used his size mismatches for offensive rebounds, and he's also been able to contest shots around the basket and make life hard on the Clippers there too. So it is a huge performance for him, averaging 20 points, 13 and a half rebounds through the first four games of the series. And it's been so exciting to see a physically talented player really come into his own on the brightest stage so far of his career. Hi, this is Daniel Rue from the Real GM Radio Podcast. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now on the pro basketball, hockey playoffs, and Major League Baseball season. BetOnline.net has all the action. Basketball, the playoff battles continue as their teams make the run for the championship. America's pastime is in full swing. And let's not forget about hockey's chase for the cup. BetOnline has you covered if you love golf, MMA, championship boxing, they have that too. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports, the news, scores, and odds. So head to the website, use your mobile device, and bring home the game with BetOnline.net.